I grew up not too far away from the Credit River. Uh, it's one of a number of bodies of water that permeate our landscape. Uh, rivers, streams, creeks, they have a way of meandering their way through the landscape and defining the landscape, but, but sometimes they reach a particular place where they turn suddenly and uh, the water flow is diverted dramatically. And sometimes after diverting the water flow, they converge. And when multiple rivers turn and converge in a place, that's called a watershed. And you reach moments not only in geography, but in life, that we've come to describe as watershed moments. When things begin to converge, when a dramatic change is upon us and I think today is one of those moments. This is a day that we have been dreaming about and praying about and planning for, for, well, a couple of years now and intentionally for the past 12 months. This morning at 12.30 p.m., we're going to invite you all to come back after you've been well-fed in worship and well-fed at brunch, your dime. You can go out, come back. Uh, We want to present to you the strategic vision for our church for the next three years. And let me tell you, it's big. I mean, it's scary big, and that's the way it should be, because God is so much larger and grander than we could ever conceive. It's big, uh, but we believe it's achievable. It's detailed because we believe that God is honored in careful plans. And we have, over the past few weeks, been teaching and illustrating and um, celebrating the different facets of the plan, represented by these four strategic pillars that you find situated on the stage. And by now, I hope that somewhere ingrained in your mind is the simple one-line phrase meant to describe the vision of the church. But let's check. I know it's early. As a church, Mississauga City Baptist Church exists to unleash the they got it. Oh, they cheated. Oh. oh, no, you had it, right? You didn't really look. Yeah. Um, in preparation for the meeting today, I'd like to introduce to you the four living pillars. Uh, these, my, my friends who have worked so very hard on this, are going to speak briefly to each of the elements of the plan. I hope as you're listening you also have your ears peaked with curiosity, and you might find your heart starts to race at a particular part of the plan. You think, that's something that I would give my best to. My prayers, my energy, a lot of my treasure, I really love that. So be listening for God's voice as you listen to them. A few weeks ago, Pastor Root introduced us to, uh, on our first steps of Vision Weekend 1, specifically September the 8th. And in this message, he engages us in the word of Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Uh, let me emphasize especially what those key verses were for anyone who wasn't here on that week or may have missed it. Verse 19, the Lord told us to go and make disciples of all nations. What also is important to know, he promised is he will always be with us to the very end of the age, and that's found in verse 20. Being blessed to serve on this team, my name is Winslow Jemmett, for who doesn't know me, and I represent the pillar uh, you've, you've selected on this journey, discipleship. Based on your comments, feedbacks, and insights, 
What you stated is, we want to unleash the power of Jesus in people's lives. How? We read the message relating to deeper and closer and wider, a deeper relationship with Christ, being closer in our relationship with each other within the body of Christ, and a wider in our impact as we develop and release our people to serve authentically in the community. As we embark on this journey together, we need more than ever to support in the unity of each of you through prayer. Uh, from our key ministries of Alpha, small groups, uh, children's ministry, youth ministry, Bible studies, third wave, we will reflect and build on what we currently have as the building blocks to ensure that the further that we are further aligned in Christ and have a clear discipleship pathway. A progression of growth opportunities from the beginning to work on and with you with Christ to fine-tune our God-given talents to enrich and build our kingdom, not only being engaged in the in these four walls, but unleashing the power of Jesus in our community. This is inclusive to every congregant because we don't want to miss anybody. And we want we want and will work with you, such as Christ's disciples work together. Being intentional. We sent we seek to enrich um, enhance our internal community engagement, taking that extra time to get to know each other and not just shaking hands and saying, how are you ever so briefly? And then moving on, being able to get connect with each other, not just on Sundays, but throughout the weeks to strengthen community, building firmer, stronger relationship with each other. We want to learn from those who've worshiped with us here in the past and have moved on for various reasons taking that time to listen and to discern, pray about what what we as a church could have improved on. Most of all, the power of prayer is the most effective and most powerful tool God has armed us with. And as a church, we use it. But you said we need to use it more. In all we do, pray first and pray often. Now, what does that look like? This will be a key objective, which will be further explored as we evolve as a journey through strategic planning. Morning, church. My name is Kiyoko Munyao, and I will be trying to explain a bit of our second strategic theme. As believers, we are all leaders. And as leaders, our first call to leadership is to lead others to Christ. And that's what we want to equip everybody in this church, not just the elders or the deacons or the ministry leaders. Everybody here needs to take the mantle of leadership. And if in one way or the other you are not currently leading others to follow Christ, yeah, we are failing in our leadership journey. And so I would urge each one of us, as we try to unfold this strategic theme of leadership, try and see where do I fit in as an individual? What can I do? We envision a church where all leaders understand their roles, responsibilities, decision-making authorities, and also understand how the whole leadership structure in this church works. We also envision a church where ownership of decisions is taken by individuals and people are accountable for whatever authority and decisions they are, they've taken. We also envision a place, it's not a magical place, but here, where people actually volunteer for leadership. We have a stream of leaders 
and we are saying, no, no, we have enough. So we actually envision a place whereby we shall have so many people volunteering to be in leadership that we shall be saying, okay, let's, we'll give you next year, not this year. We also want to empower leaders in decision-making and envision a future where leaders feel rewarded rather than burdened. Sometimes it feels burdened to be leaders, but we want to remove that. If we believe that our first call as leaders is to lead others to Christ, I think that reinvigorates our whole leadership perspective, and we are able to look at leadership more from discipleship as an extension of that discipleship. We've been discipled. How do we disciple? That's a part of the leadership journey we want to go to. That's what we look forward to. And for that to happen, we shall articulate and implement structures and systems within this church in our leadership process to ensure that we have a growth rate infrastructure for the future. And this we shall do by a number of objectives which are actually highlighted there for you. One, we shall articulate and implement a new wide church leadership structure whereby we shall look at all the leadership perspective at the moment we have. What needs to be done, who needs to do it, and be very clear on who does what and who doesn't do what. Because many a times I think there has been unclarity as to who actually is accountable for this in the long run. So making that clear will be very helpful to ensure that leaders don't feel burdened, but they feel excited to lead. We shall also develop sustainable leadership processes. And in this we mean by having mentorship, whereby people who've been in leadership can mentor others to take over those roles, whereby we have people working together in a body system whereby you support one another rather than feeling like you're having leadership alone, you're having leadership with somebody and you can work together and whereby we can also develop a pipeline. As I said, we want to be in a place where we can say we already have leaders for the next three years. So developing that pipeline where people are volunteering and we are able to actually position them for leadership in years to come. We shall also invest in building the capacity of leaders, training them on effective leadership, exposing them to how to lead, and we shall cultivate collaboration among the leaders. We want the leaders to work together, support one another, but we shall also provide the systems and tools that will help them do that so that they can communicate between each other and also between various leadership groups. When we unleash the power of leadership in our church, we shall definitely be more effective as a church to fulfill our mission to unleash the power of Jesus in people's life. Thank you. Good morning, church. My name is Pat Truman, and I represent the Board of Deacons on this uh, strategic team. Today I'm here to speak to you about theme three, which is unleashing the power of service. Many years ago, Billy Graham said the highest form of worship is the worship of unselfish Christian service. So, unleashing the power of service. What does that mean for us? MCB wants to reach and impact our immediate neighborhood, Cooksville and Mississauga Valley for Christ. What would happen if MCBC left the neighborhood or closed down? Would the residents of our area notice? Would we be missed? Perhaps, perhaps not. But it's undeniable that this area of Mississauga is ever-changing and ever-growing. So we, as a church in the neighborhood, need to change and grow along with it. 
to enable us to serve the area in the best way that we can for the honor of our God. The direct result will be that we will be regularly, intentionally active in our neighborhood, in a valued partner of local churches, community organizations in the city, which we strive and hope to work alongside with. So we have a few objectives, which I'm going to go through, and they're on the screen. And I'll dig deep down into the tasks for the objectives. First of all, we want to integrate service and discipleship. So we have a few tasks for that, which I'll review for you. Um, Some of these are already in progress. You may feel like they're already uh, being accomplished, which is awesome. First of all, we want to dedicate our preaching and teaching time on service and community engagement um, as an integral part of discipleship. So uh, this is already in process. We've heard Pastor Richard and Pastor Sheldon preach in these areas. Secondly, we want to allocate time during our Sunday gatherings for personal testimonies about the impact of serving. We've seen this in some regards, and we will continue continue to see it uh, more ramped up. We want to explore a potential new staff role to oversee community engagement in teams and activities. This is uh, this is quite an active role, and it will be a lot of organization, as you can see by the rest of our objectives. So we're looking perhaps for a specified role for that. We want to engage our small groups in service. We feel this is very, very important to emphasize service as a key feature of small group uh, life. So not only meeting on a weekly or bi-weekly um basis to study the word of God and socialize and help immediately our care group, but also to reach out as a care group to help MCBC as a whole. The second objective is that we want to prioritize our service opportunities. So there will be many, and we want to develop our engagement guidelines to define our partnerships with local organizations, churches, and agencies. So we want to organize ourselves and understand and have guidelines in place how we are going to reach out to these various organizations and and how we will plan to work alongside them to service our community. We want to conduct an audit of all our existing programs within the church and our existing local partnerships. And we want to understand if perhaps we need to reduce them so we can free up some resources for our new community engagement projects. And thirdly, we want to allocate a budget. So we will need money to do this. So we need to allocate some of our budget to the approved engagement opportunities. Our third objective is to create an expanded network of local partners. So right now we do have a few, but we need to expand that. So we need to work through the process of identifying local churches and organizations that might be suitable partners based on the engagement guidelines that we will have already created. And then once we've identified those partners, we want to build collaborative relationships with them so we can understand how we can work best together. And then we want to develop a protocol for partnership with local partners. 
So we will be looking for input from those partners and input from MCBC, and we can define exactly how we're going to be serving our community. Now, of course, we're going to need some volunteers and uh, opportunities for everyone who attends MCBC. So we want to promote that within our, our uh, attendees. And we want to promote it as an opportunity of us going out to our community, not just within the walls of our physical church, but going out to the community to serve the city and our local community. So we will be communicating regularly about these opportunities that are available to us on a regular basis. So there will be lots of opportunity to sign up and contribute and participate. And then we want to have a database so somebody can go to the, to the, to the database and say, oh, that looks interesting. Something new might come up. Something might be filled, but it's a way of uh, tracking all of the opportunities and giving people immediate access to see what's available. And to, to help accomplish this, we want to um, host a ministry fair at least once a year. So we can get an idea of um, who would like to volunteer for what and give everybody an opportunity to sign up early to participate throughout the coming year. So this sounds like a lot, and our overall strategic plan is three, if not four years. We have a lot to accomplish, but we have been approved by our elders, and we are moving forward with this. So we look forward to our community meeting today and gaining everybody's input and essentially your approval. We need to take the action to serve our community well. It's my prayer that through God's will and through the Holy Spirit, we are taught that we are, are, we at, we are at our best when serving others. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Rochelle, and I represent the staff on this strategic planning team. I hope that you are excited by what you've heard so far about this plan. Um, and I hope that all of you have already been familiar with this because you've had the time to read it. Uh, if you haven't, we do still have copies of it if you need one. Um, but I just want to remind you, just in case you haven't heard this before, that these four strategic themes that you're hearing about are not the only four things that we are going to do as a church in the next three years. But these are the areas that um, most need to be addressed and intentionally planned out so that we can achieve the future that God has for us. So these are the four areas that we most need to be intentional about changing. But there are still going to be lots of other things that are going to keep going. So don't worry if you're not hearing about certain things in this plan. It doesn't mean necessarily that they are not important anymore. But the last of these four strategic themes is about facilities, unleashing the potential of our facilities. Last week, the sermon was titled, A Church Without Walls, and Pastor Richard reminded us that the church is not this building that we are sitting in right now. It is us. We, people, are a church. The church is alive. But still, we recognize that our physical space is important, and it does impact our capacity to do ministry. It affects our ability to meet together and to welcome people here of all ages and abilities. So we envision a future where our facilities will empower our ministries and not limit them. 
They will provide a great environment for creative worship, for growing relationships, for life-changing discipleship and community engagement. In order to achieve that, we have three objectives. The first is that we will explore facility options. This involves creating a facilities advisory team that will investigate various options for our facility that might include expanding, relocating, a multi-site model, or other ideas as well. And they, after doing much research and deliberation, will make a recommendation. And our plan is that within the next three years, we as a whole church will achieve a clear mandate and complete a plan for the future of our facility. In the meantime, however, we are still going to maximize the possibilities in our current space. We're not going to say, oh, in three years, we don't know what's going to happen, so let's just continue letting this place fall apart. No, we are going to make the very best of what we have right now. While these future options are being investigated, we will actively invest in making the very best use of the space. We will create a team to declutter, beautify, and repurpose our space. This has already started, and we want to continue this. Um, This will enhance the utility and capacity of our space. This also involves doing an audit of the current usage of our building. Are there activities or uses of our building that we might need to reduce so that we can um, free up space for what's most important? Our third objective is to ensure funding for facilities improvement and possible expansion. We all know this takes money. So we need to develop a multi-year budget, investigate new sources of revenue, and provide new tools for financial giving. All in all, though, we know that we serve a great God, and we believe that he will provide all that we need so that our church will have effective, functional, forward-looking facilities that will empower our ministries and our mission to unleash the power of Jesus in people's lives. Leadership of your church gathered yesterday on retreat, and we spent a fair bit of time considering what it takes for vision to get rooted in people's lives. Um, what does it take for vision to stick? Because it leaks, and it leaks really easily. We know we need to cast vision, and, and we've been doing that, but, but at some part, we want people to own it. We want people to live it. This is not meant to be ours. It's meant to be yours. So I'm going to invite you to join me in a really simple two-sentence prayer. Here's the first sentence. We'll pray this together. Let it come, Lord. Will you say that? Let it come, Lord, and let it come in me. Let it come in me. Amen. Thanks, team.